Welcome back to They Reminisce Over You. I'm Miguel. And I'm Christina. And today we're going to finally talk about my favorite male group of all time. We've been talking about doing Jodeci since our second episode. So that's almost <laughs> two years now. <laughs> so I don't know why it took us so long, but we're here now. I don't now. know. And we talked about them a lot throughout these two years. Yes, but today is the official Jodeci episode. Yes, finally. Let's do it. Let's get into it. So let's start from the beginning with Little Cedric and the Haley Singers. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you listen to any of their music. I did not because, I mean, I don't listen to gospel. Me neither, but it's a treat. Is it? <laughs> it is. It's very entertaining. So I'd never heard of them until, you know, just finding out about Jodeci stuff. But apparently they had like three albums and I guess they were at least well known in the gospel circles. I'm going to get off topic for a little bit already. All right. right away, I saw a podcast with Woody from Drew Hill and he was saying how his mom was a huge little Cedric fan. <laughs> And so he had like brought Casey over to the house one day or something. And his mom okay. was just going crazy. Like, oh, it's little Seti. It's <laughs> <is> hilarious. <laughs> so I was like, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I only know them by name. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard any of the music either <laughs> until today. But I had to see what little Cedric sounded like. So I pulled some of it up. And like I said, it's very entertaining. So it seems as if Little Cedric and the Haley Singers had fans. I'm not sure if the Don DeGreat delegation had fans. Apparently they had a hit too. Okay. I, I looked that up and they had a, a little minor hit, but I don't think that Dalvin and Donald Jr., who we now know as Devante, I don't think they were actually in the group. I think they just toured with them. They were backing musicians. So yeah, both sets of brothers were in these gospel groups when they were kids and they met through a mutual girl gospel group called unity and so one of the girls that casey was dating suggested that they hook up and casey thought that dalvin was trying to dirty mac on his girl and pull the gun right. on him <laughs> exactly so, needless to say they beefed for a little bit but Devonte continued to hang out with the Haley brothers and kind of like play around with music and stuff. And actually, that makes sense why the name is Jodeci, because I always thought the D stood for DeGreat because Dalvin and Donald, a.k.a. Devante. <laughs> right. <laughs> last name is DeGrade, but because Dalvin wasn't really part of the group when they came up with the names, it was like Joe for JoJo, Joe <laughs> yes. for Devante, and C for KC. And then guess when they officially made him part of the group, it's like, it works. <laughs> they could have named it Jody Sita. <laughs> Lucky their last name is DeGrade. <laughs> yeah, it, it works both ways. And that Dalvin's name starts with a D at least. So it kind of all worked out in the end. Yeah. But I just can't believe that a generation of Devantes were born and this man's name is not even Devante. It's not Devante. His name is Donald. He's Donald Jr. Donald Jr. Yet and there's all these Devantes <laughs> running around in this world. I assumed for a long time that Devante was actually his name. Who wouldn't think it was not his name? I don't even know how I found out, but one day I was like, Donald? <laughs> and you mean your name's Donald? <laughs> So I've watched a whole bunch of interviews, so I've heard them tell this story at least six times. So basically, if you don't already know, they got their start after they worked out their beefs and stuff. I mean, they technically didn't even work it out when they decided to drive up to New York. But the infamous story is they were just in North Carolina like... We need to go to New York and find a record deal. $300, drove to New York, looked up Uptown MCA in the Yellow Pages because there was a bunch of artists on that label that they liked. The Yellow Pages <laughs> got lost because they'd never been to New York for like 12 hours or something. And, and finally, didn't they get there like at the end of the day or yeah, something? Yeah, they got there when it was closed and they were just like, we're here to see somebody. And they're like, who? And they're like, I don't know. Whoever can <laughs> like, listen to our music. 
they probably didn't even know what A&R meant at the time. <laughs> but the story goes that whoever the A&R at the time finally listened to their demo and didn't like it. But then Heavy D happened to overhear it and convinced Andre Harrell to hear them sing live. And then, long yeah. story short, they got signed. I saw Dalvin saying that the guy who was listening to it actually mm. fell asleep. Yes. <laughs> he fell asleep. He fell asleep. While they were in there. Yeah, that meeting led to them being signed immediately. So they went from a man falling asleep <laughs> to, on them to being signed immediately. by the, the end of the day. By the president. Yeah. <laughs> so Diddy was an intern at the time, and then he eventually started working with them and helped them craft their image, which leads us to their first album. Forever My Lady. I was watching one of Dalvin's many interviews. He was saying that five of the songs mm -hmm. on the album were on their actual demo. So imagine this. You have a demo tape mm -hmm. that a man fell asleep on. And they weren't the finished versions of no. these songs, but it had Stay, Come and Talk to Me, Forever My Lady, I'm Still Waiting, and You and I on it. And Love You for Life was also... yes on that original 29 track demo. And this man fell asleep. Maybe he listened to <laughs> the other 20 something songs. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that is a lot of songs to listen to, yeah. but you could see the potential there. In theory. I would think. I'm just, I'm a little dumbfounded by it. <laughs> Obviously, Heavy D and Andre Harrell thought otherwise. And that so many of these songs ended up making it onto one of the most classic R&B albums ever. Yeah. It's just weird i don't know <laughs> but with that demo i want to know what happened to Devante's high school girlfriend monica okay because these songs were apparently written about her <laughs> and they were dating in high school and she was joining the army so he was writing all these songs for her and gave her a cassette and has never seen her since according to dalvin so Monica has the original Jodeci demo tape in her possession. Mm -hmm. Or maybe she just threw it away when she got to Fort Benning or wherever she was going. If she threw it away, man, <laughs> if that were me, I'm sure she's moved on and this and that. But like, that's something you want to keep. Yeah. <laughs> of course, in hindsight, she could have just been like, fuck this guy. I'm exactly. <laughs> and now she's two years later. Where's that goddamn box? Yeah. Because in a, another interview I read where Devante is actually talking a lot, he's talking about hanging out with the Haley brothers and messing around with a lot of girls. So, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that relationship was probably fraught and them being teenagers doesn't help. Right. <laughs> and speaking of them being teenagers and being high school students, mm -hmm. he wrote these songs as a 16 and 17 year Which old. Which is crazy. So you're having my baby. <laughs> I mean. Well, that line came from Albie Shore, though. Oh, Okay. That one was added later, right. but the rest of the song had it's been still written. a lot of yearning love for yeah. a teenager. <laughs> well, everybody that I've seen speak about Devante mm -hmm. talk about how he's a genius when it comes to music. Well, he was saying how when he wrote I Don't Want to Do Anything for Mary and KC, he literally wrote it on the spot. He said Mary came into the studio and was like, Where's the lyrics? And he's like, Just give me a minute. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> And it's just crazy because, you know, Mary and Casey were dating at the time and he managed to like write this song that sounds so passionate between two people who are actually together. Right. On the spot, pretty much. Hey, that's when you're good at what you do. You're able to do that. Right. Well, I know that they had done the album three times and Andre Harrell kept telling him that he didn't like how the sounds were, but he wouldn't tell them what that meant exactly. So they're like, what does that mean? So they go back in and redo it. I still don't like these sounds. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? So 
Al B. Sure was brought in to kind of just organize the process mm-hmm. because they were talented. They had the songs written. Mm-hmm. They had this virtuoso who could play any instrument that he wants here. And they sounded good, but they just couldn't get the production right. So that's when Al B. Sure comes along. Once he came in, Dalvin said that the album was recorded within a week <laughs> because they had all of the vocals done. They had the songs written and they just needed somebody to tell them what to do. And that was the end result. So you got these 17 year olds and a, <laughs> two 17 year olds and two 16 year olds writing these songs and performing right. these songs. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, they're writing songs for I'll Be Sure. They're doing stuff for Tevin Campbell, mm-hmm. Ralph Tresvant. Singing on Father MC songs. Yeah, I just think it's funny they were around all of this stuff mm-hmm. way before their album even came out. Going back and listening to Tevin's first album, you can hear them all over it. I'm going to have to listen to it again. Yeah, they're on Alone With You, Just Ask Me To, and Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Like, Goodbye, you can really hear them. Okay. The other two, you can barely hear them, but Goodbye, they're really prominent. Well, just going back to the idea of them being teenagers when they came up with this. The first five songs on this album is perfection it's true like how (laughs) do you remember yourself when you were 16 yeah (laughs) i was listening to this (laughs) basically well they were helping you out with exactly your little exploits (laughs) (laughs) exactly so my rule for this album is this put it in Mm -hmm. first words you hear from them is don't talk just listen you're like all right all right, cool. <laughs> Let me see what you got. And then from the first song to the end of side one, because this is when we were still buying cassettes, mm-hmm. you would let that shit rock. Yes, because you had stay and then come and talk to me. I'm doing this off of memory now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if you can get the last three. <sighs> okay, stay. I should know because I listen to this all the time. You do. Stay, come and talk to me. Forever, my lady. I'm still waiting. You and I. Yep. <laughs> that is why it. did i act like i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> you would rock those first five uh-huh. flip your cassette over mm-hmm. and for me after a while i would fast forward through <laughs> all the up-tempo stuff when they're trying yeah. to be teddy riley and right. guy and get to times we share mm-hmm. end it off start it over once i got the cd mm-hmm. i was skipping that shit completely <laughs> i go straight to times we share I think for me, the up-tempo stuff at the time, like their ballads are obviously stronger, but at the time it was fine. Like now they sound dated, but I know all the songs. I was just singing um, my phone to you (laughs) just before we started recording. You don't know any of those words. I don't I know all of those words. But if they wanted an up-tempo release, they should have went with Times We Share It over Gotta Love. That's not really up-tempo, though. I mean, it's up-tempo for them. Yeah. I didn't even know that God of Love was their first single. It was. To me, it was Forever My Lady. I know God of Love because I listened to the album, but that's something I found out like late in life. (laughs) And not only that, today is the first day I even saw the video. For God of Love? Yeah. Oh. I just looked it up today and I was like, look at them dancing their ass off. (laughs) It looked like a Bobby Brown video. It was. Which is funny because this video came out in 91. And I actually looked up Bobby Brown. I was like, okay, it looks like humming around. It looks like getaway. It looks like that's the way love is. And right. all three of those videos have elements of the dance styles and the styling of their clothes. Right. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was not expecting this. And they did this like two, three years before Bobby. I was like, okay, maybe this new Jack Swing stuff would have worked for them if I actually saw the video. <laughs> I didn't get into it, though. I liked it more seeing the video, but the video version was a little more up-tempo, too. Yeah. 
I just couldn't get into their new Jack Swing stuff. I try and I liked yeah. Guy. The thing is their new Jack Swing stuff sounds like you know how we talk about like the second and third iterations yeah. of, you know, a group does something really well and then these second, third iterations come out. So it's not that it's bad, it just doesn't sound like they're the first iteration. Right. Whereas their ballads was like, we haven't heard anything like this. Exactly. Before. So much so that they start the album off <laughs> with ballads. Usually yeah. the up-tempo stuff leads the album at side A. Right. And the B side is the slow stuff. Mm -hmm. They did the opposite. Yeah. Which was a good call on their part. <laughs> do you think they meant to do that? I don't Considering, know. Well, I know that... Gotta Love was kind of a battle in terms of it being the first release. But I don't know if it was like the record company hated it or they hated it and didn't right. want to release it. I can't remember which one it was. But I know that it didn't do well and it was sort of like, uh-oh, now yeah. what? And then Forever My Lady came out and from then on it was like, all right, we good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the irony of them doing this New Jack Swing stuff and it didn't really hit. I watched a video of Teddy Riley talking to Jamie Foxx recently. Mm -hmm. And he was just saying that with them being on Uptown, he's hearing the stuff that they're doing. And he's like, you know what? I think it might be time for us to quit. <laughs> the originator <laughs> yeah. of New Jack Swing was yeah, like, Yeah, he's like, what they're doing? I want to do that. <laughs> is something that we can't compete with. It's kind of like when Al B. Shore heard Bobby Brown's <laughs> album before it came out. And he's like, right. you know what? I might need to step back and start getting into this production. Oh, man. I think what made them sound so different was that church sound, first of all, but then this kind of edge that R&B didn't have. It wasn't yeah. quite hip hop per se, not yet anyways, but I think coupled with how they were styled and how they looked. That made it hip hop. Yeah. Like they, they looked, looked hip -hop. more hip hop than sounded hip hop, at least yeah. on this first album, but they had an edge though. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like this old soul gospel, but new at the time R&B. I think a really good example of this is one of their many interviews on Arsenio. And Arsenio is asking them about their church upbringing and about how they infuse it into their music. And Arsenio asked Casey to like sing an example. And so he's saying a bit of Amazing Grace. He's like, normally you would sing it like this, but we put a little funk in it and it sounds like this. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, I can, because <laughs> I can't explain it. Other right. than it being a little funkier, we'll put a link in the show notes, but that is like a perfect example of how they took this very strong church sound and kind of made it contemporary in R&B. Uh, Naima, a music journalist, mentioned that You and I is basically this commission song. No, it's I'm Still Waiting. Oh, I'm Still Waiting. Yes, yes, yes. Because in the commission song, they literally say, my arms are open wide. I won't cry no more. And Casey says that a couple times in I'm Still Waiting. And now when I listen to that part, now that I've heard this commission song, I can't unhear it. You can't. Not only is the exact same words, it's the same melody. Yeah, the my entire song. My arms are open wide. Like before you get to that point, the entire I'm Still Waiting uh -huh. is basically that song. But once that kicks in, it kind of clicks because it was a few years before I made that connection. As we were saying earlier, I'm not really a church going dude, <laughs> but my cousins are. So I knew the commission song. And then when Jodeci came out, something was really familiar about it. And it was years later before I made that connection. Right. It was like, that's the line that they were singing. My arms are open wide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't have to cry right, no, no more. more. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I knew that from, going to church when I was like 12. <laughs> well, I actually tried to look it up on who sampled, and there's no record of it. That's because it's an interpolation. Oh. 
Oh, okay. But, you know, you see a list of all the songs that have sampled the artist that you're right. looking for. And I was like, Sierra, Promise? I love that song. What song did she sample? So I looked at it and she sampled one line from My Heart Belongs to You. She just says, there's nothing I won't do but spend my life with you. But they only said there's nothing I won't do. But after hearing the samples back to back, I'm like, oh my God, how did I miss <laughs> that all this time? And that's one of my favorite Sierra songs. It and that's happens. probably why, because I'm like, she's basically singing a Jodeci song. Yeah. Because that's the only line that's clearly sampled, but the melodies are very similar throughout the song. Right. So... Final thoughts on Forever My Lady? The final thoughts for me is it was game changing right. because it wasn't anything that we had heard before in terms of R&B. Yeah, I think for me, I was too young to realize that it was game changing. I just liked it. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but I see it now. <laughs> yeah, it's really apparent when you go back and look at it, even though there were some things that kind of had those elements like New Edition, Bobby Brown. It wasn't this. It's hard to explain. Like the only way I could explain it is just there was something a little edgier about it. That's a good place for us to take a break. So we'll be back really quickly. Hi, kids. Do you like fun? Yeah. And bookmarking a bunch of articles you'll probably never read. We're starting a monthly newsletter called Liner Notes. We'll be sharing what we're watching, what we're listening to, throwback YouTube videos, updates on our upcoming projects, random shit you may have missed on the internet, you know, stuff like that. The link is in the show notes, or you can go to troypodcast.com slash newsletter. Do it. Now, it's good for you. It'll make your teeth whiter. <laughs> <laughs> and back to the show. And we're back. Let's talk about the second album. All right. The Diary of a Mad Band. Yes. You know what? It just hit me right now. I'm just thinking about Devante saying that he's always thought of them as like a black rock band. <laughs> he's like, no, we're like rock stars. <laughs> right. So it kind of makes sense that they would name an album something like The Diary of a Mad Band because that doesn't sound like quote unquote R&B. Yeah. And then it's a playoff of Diary of a Mad Band as well. And technically they are a band with him playing multiple instruments and, and Dalvin, Dalvin playing the drums. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they are a band and they are a little bit mad. <laughs> yep. And mad in the crazy way. So it makes sense. Speaking of crazy, was Fiending the first single? I don't remember. Sounds about right. Just thinking about Casey wearing a straight jacket and he's in a padded cell room because he's fiending. It could be. Let's find out if it was the first single. Discography. <laughs> first single was Cry For You. Okay. And Fiending was the second single. So with this album, we can definitely hear a transition. They're still doing their ballads with a couple of tempos. But what we were saying about the first album with it being sort of deeper and edgier, this one is more of that. It definitely is. I mean, this could be partially because of just maturing their sound. Maybe because they started hanging out with Suge. <laughs> Not quite sure. It could be all of it. But now we can hear a little bit more of that hip hop influence. Yeah, and they are becoming the bad boys. Yes of R&B. There's a lot of leather and shirtless and machetes. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> and of machetes. Chains. Yes, so machetes, they had won a Billboard award best new R&B artist. Okay. Um, I'm going to come back to that point. So, you know, they're still singing their ballads, so they still got, you know, the cry for you and Feenin. Feenin, all that stuff. So, they're still R&B, but they come up 
Jojo's holding a machete. Mr. Dalvin is wearing just a gun holster, no shirt. Casey's got a full face mask on. And Casey is- and Jojo both have on face masks. Yes. And Devante is smoking a cigar. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is how they come to accept their award after being dapped up by boys to men. In their suspenders. Yeah, with their <laughs> suspenders and bow ties on. And they get up on stage and thank God and their moms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like quintessential Jodeci right there. And they don't seem to have any animosity with boys to men, even though they're kind of always pitted against each other. That yeah, they look genuinely was, happy. Yeah, like they looked genuinely happy for each other, despite the clear differences, at least in attire. So I don't know if they were embracing the bad boy persona or that was maybe oh, a little yeah. bit of both. Yeah, they were <laughs> definitely all in on that look, that persona, that style. Right. That album cover, they were sagging wetsuits. <laughs> who in the history of ever has sagged a wetsuit? <laughs> First of all, who has worn a wetsuit on an album cover? Exactly. And then sagged it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that it was a wetsuit until you pointed it out yeah. like two years ago. You know what? I'm not even sure when it hit me because I probably just assumed it was, you know, like a dicky onesie. I just thought there was some overalls. Yeah, overalls or like those mechanic style. Yeah, jumpsuit. Jumpsuit type thing. And then one day I was like, that's a (laughs) wetsuit. They're wearing wetsuits. Yeah, I had (laughs) no clue. And you know, I can't talk about this album, which contains Cry For You, without talking about the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. I did not grow up watching this because I don't think I had the channel where I could see this. Yeah, and this was, I was way older and it wasn't on my radar at all. So, I don't know, this just popped up years ago. JC, Shazay, Justin Timberlake, and I didn't even know Ryan Gosling could sing until I saw this video. And then the fourth guy, I don't know who he is, but in the I looked it up today. Dale Godboldo? Yes. So, <laughs> apparently he's still been acting. Okay. And in the American Crime Story, The People versus O.J. Simpson, uh-huh. he played Carl Douglas as part of O.J.'s dream team. Oh, okay. So, I do know him. You do know him, but you didn't know who he was. I did not. Then. So, you know, I had to do my annual rewatch of this because it is hilarious. First of all, like I said, I never knew Ryan Gosling could even sing. So that was just threw me off. But Justin Timberlake and JC, you know, they're in sync. That wasn't as shocking. It was funny just because they're like 14, 15 at the time. But Ryan coming out with, I don't know. High-pitched voice. His clothes are way too big. They're all wearing these, like, the linen suits. They had the fans blowing. (laughs) Yeah. Trying to do very much that sort of, like, Forever My Lady. And then I think it was the Cry For You video when they were out in the desert. In the desert. So very much that. They had the little R&B two-step with the snapping of the fingers. (laughs) Yeah. The big old Tims. So I highly recommend checking that out if you haven't seen it. And even if you have seen it, just watch watch it again again, because it's hilarious. If not just for Ryan Gosling because... Yeah, that's the only reason that I watch it is yeah. just to see him. Like, you can pass on JC and Justin because Again, you see, you've you been seeing them sing for 30 years. They've been doing this stuff. But Ryan? tiny Ryan. <laughs> With his falsetto? <laughs> is it a falsetto or his voice just had That's just who in? he was. <laughs> he sounded like that. Yeah, and this album is another one of those that unknowingly introduced us to Missing Timberland. Yeah. Where, you know, we've talked about this many times where we realize that there's all these people that we know and love now, but we didn't know them then. <laughs> exactly. And this is one of them. 
Yeah, so you can just hear them uh, on a couple of the songs. Yeah, Timberland's on one and Missy's on two. And this is both of their first appearance on any album. Okay, so this was the official introduction before the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a, a couple years before that. This is still the basement era. Right. So I noticed that they're good for one up-tempo song per album. In Forever My Lady, Times We Share. That's a pretty good one. Like I said, I'll rock with the other ones, but I think that's just more nostalgia's sake. And then this one, let's go through the motions. I actually like that one. But that one wasn't actually on the original album. It wasn't? No, it was on the Who's the Man soundtrack. Because I remember seeing the video. Yeah, that was on a soundtrack okay. originally. And the movie sucked. <laughs> I can't remember if I've seen it or It not. was Dr. Dre and Ed Lover yeah. and a bunch of other rappers. I remember what the movie was, but I don't remember if I've actually seen it. I unfortunately have seen it. I paid money to see it. <laughs> and I think movies at the time were probably five bucks. I want my five dollars back. <laughs> well, it's a little too late for that. Is it? It is. I don't think so. <laughs> I just want to mention one more thing about this this time frame, should I say. Okay. I watched just some random YouTube upload of a concert they did around this time. And during an intermission, which Devante is like, okay, I'm going to play the piano for you guys while Casey and Jojo rest up their voices for a bit. And he's just casually playing all these covers like Peace of My Love, Let's Wait a While, Can You Stand the Rain? And then he's like... I see some white people in here. Let me flip this up. <laughs> and he just starts playing Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks. And then everyone's singing. He's like, oh, okay, you all know this song. <laughs> Not just the white people. But it was just hilarious how he's like, okay, okay, let me just play something for them. Right. Y'all don't know this. And it and backfired. Everyone just starts singing anyways. <laughs> yeah, he didn't see that coming. No. But also you could tell he's really in his element in these live performances when he's on the piano. Yeah. That's like his happy place. Because every time you see him in an interview, he does not look comfortable. He's got a hoodie pulled up half the time. Looking at the floor. Don't say nothing. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> on stage, that's where he shines. All right. So any last thoughts on Diary of a Mad Band? No, not really. Because this was kind of a, a transitional album for me. It's not that I don't like it, but I like the first and the third better. I see what you're saying. And I totally understand why you would like the third better. So let's get right into that. All right, let's do it. The show, the after party, the hotel. So now we really see that death row influence because oh, yeah. it's G-Funk all over this. And to me, if people have listened to NWA mm -hmm. and they have listened to Jodeci, this is going to make sense. It's kind of like the NWA Niggas for Life album where the content is, oh, you like this crazy shit we did over here? Let's take it up a notch. <laughs> like we were on 10, we're going to 11 now. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how this album is. Yeah. Like the content, they're just trying to be shocking on purpose, it seems. But the production is so damn good mm -hmm. that you don't even pay attention to it. Because all these skits are basically about them pulling chicks from the crowd and taking right. them back to the hotel. and Doing all that stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of that <laughs> going on. Which at the time, I didn't even think about because I was their age. Mm -hmm. But looking back at it now, it's like, you know what? Y'all went a little too far with that. <laughs> but like I said, just like the NWA album, mm -hmm. the production is so amazing. And the vocals are so great that you just look past all that. Yeah. Like I can listen to it and mm -hmm. say, yeah, 
They shouldn't have said that, but the shit is jamming. <laughs> well, the thing is, I know all the skits because this was back in the day where you, even though I could skip on a CD, you just kind of let it play. Right. But now I'm just like, I don't need to listen to this. <laughs> I don't need to listen to some girl banging on the door. Yeah. Yelling at Casey to let her in. <laughs> yeah. So between that and the lyrical content, it's very similar to Niggas for Life, in my opinion. Well, the very first track, which is just basically an intro, is like this fake news report talking about the group Jodeci is missing. And then you go into the second track, the first official song, Bring on the Funk. It's Jodeci doing G-Funk. <laughs> yeah, this entire album was in my car forever. And this is why I was saying I completely understand why you like this better than the second album. Because literally when I was re-listening to it today, I was like, oh yeah. This is Miguel driving in his car all yep. day. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. I was all in on this. I never really even thought of it like that, like in terms of having this uh, Suge slash Death Row influence until you were putting the outline together for this. And listening to the album, I'm like, oh, this is G-Funk. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why it never hit me like that. No, as <laughs> Missy was, was singing on Bring On The Funk, it's Jodeci Funk. Yes, it's Jodeci Funk. <laughs> That's what it is. Got to get it in to you. Yeah. I just listened to it and never really made that actual connection. And then as I'm listening to the rest, I'm like, no, this is the entire album, not just this song. Yeah. It was that. They were on the Murder with the Case soundtrack. Mm -hmm. They're writing and producing songs for Tupac. Death Row artists. So they were heavy right. in there because Suge became their manager and he was trying to steal Mary, run DMC, and Jodeci and trying to bring them to Death Row. But didn't quite work out, although he was able to, quote unquote, renegotiate their contracts <laughs> with Uptown and get them a little more money than they yeah. were making. Mm. He didn't actually get them officially on death row, but they were definitely affiliated. Right. For sure. It's all over the album and I don't know, just never. Devontae's got a song like called Gin and Juice. He does. So that one, <laughs> when I was rewatching that video, I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> And ironically, they were being influenced personally and musically by Death Row, but everything else in music was being influenced by them Right. in terms of the way people were dressing, mm -hmm. the type of music they were doing. Mm -hmm. It was all Jodeci. Even the older acts, like you see Gerald Levert running around with a leather suit and boots on. <laughs> so you know they had a hold on the culture. Well, as I was saying in that interview I just saw today, Woody himself said he basically started Drew Hill because he wanted to be the fifth member of Jodeci <laughs> so bad. <laughs> but I guess maybe that's why I love you for life, being that this was one of the songs from the original demo doesn't have that new G-Funk-ish yeah. sound because it wasn't from that. <laughs> right. It's an old song. But, you know, they're still able to churn out the ballads that they're known for, like Love You for Life. And then you have Freaking You. You got the nice one, and then you got the uh, Susio one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very Susio. A little something for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then you got a little cookout music with Get On Up. So, you know, I'm always talking about how I hate positive songs, <laughs> but this is one of the few that I'm like, you know what? This song makes me feel good every time I listen to it. Because <laughs> it's not exactly a positive song. It's just like, go have some fun and party. Yeah. It's not like Sounds of Blackness optimistic. <laughs> Like, hey, go out and have a barbecue with your family. Have some fun. <laughs> that same Vibe interview, Devante said that he hated this song at first for the same thing. He's like, oh, it's too, like, upbeat. But then he's like, you know what? It feels good. <laughs> 
And I'm like, I'm with you, Devante. <laughs> I think he was just jealous because Dalvin made a hit and he did. <laughs> well, Dalvin is the one who's responsible for more of the up-tempo songs, I believe. Because now that I think about it, yeah. Devante's not in the video, is he? Yeah, he is. He is? I'm pretty sure. I thought it was just the three of them. Let me double check. I'm going to pull this up right now. I swear I saw him. I just remember them dancing on top of a bus. Yeah, I don't think he's in the video. One second. You think he was hating on it that much? (laughs) He's a jealous Janice. No, he's not. No, I refuse to believe he's he's a hater like that. Let me see. I'm trying to (gasps) I think you're right. There's only three people on top of the bus. He's not in the video. Is that a protest? Like, I hate this song. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Well, I don't know if he makes an appearance later, but right now, there's just the three of them no, on top of the he's bus. he's not in the video at all. <laughs> That's okay. Dalvin's there with his shirt off. <laughs> he is. He'll he, do double duty. <laughs> he's giving the streets the nipples that they're looking for. Exactly. That's funny. He isn't. I'm just scrubbing through it now, and it's from day to night. It's still just the three of them on yep. top of that bus. How did I never notice that? I don't know. Maybe he was just out sick. Okay. <laughs> I think he's just hating. Oh, man. Come on, man. My little brother made a hit, and I didn't do it. First of all, <laughs> I don't like the song, and now it's a hit. I'm not doing the video. That is hilarious. All I'm right. making all this up, by the way. You are, but... It might be true. I don't know. Well, all we can say is he ain't in the video. He's not. That's funny. (laughs) Well, back to my theory. There's one good up-tempo song per album, and I'm still going to count Let's Go Through the Motions because it's on the album now. (laughs) (laughs) This album as like a whole album, I didn't find as strong, but I think it was just more like the skits felt like filler. Yeah, it dragged it out too long. Yeah, but I still overall think it's a great album. Yeah. But I see why you would like this better than the second album. But I think in terms, actually, I don't know. I was going to say, I think maybe I like the first two better, but I think they all had like ups and downs for different reasons. But this is by far the best sounding of the three. All right. So what's your favorite song from each album? Okay. From the first album, it's I'm Still Waiting. Second album is Thienin. Mm -hmm. And third album me and Notorious B.I.G. both love this song because I've seen him singing it, Freaking You. <laughs> and if you haven't seen him sing it, you need to. Okay. Him and Lil C's, I believe, they're going in. I feel like I've seen it. Just walking down the street <laughs> it somewhere. It sounds familiar. <laughs> Every time I close my eyes, I wake up feeling so horny. <laughs> you should pull it up right now. All right. The Notorious B.I.G. is singing a song by Jodeci. Every time I close my eyes, <laughs> I wake up feeling so horny. I didn't know Biggie could sing. <laughs> Every time I close my eyes, <laughs> I wake up feeling so horny. <laughs> That's great. That makes me laugh every time I see it. Well, my favorite songs are from Forever My Lady. It was really hard for me to choose between Stay and Come and Talk to Me. Because I like them both for different reasons. So the harmonies in Stay is what makes Jodeci so special. But Come and Talk to Me introduce, you know, those harder bass lines, which gives it that sort of hip-hop edgier feel. Right. So I think I might pick Stay by a little bit, a tiny margin. Okay. But maybe I'll probably change my mind tomorrow. I guess for right now, I say stay. And then Diary from Mad Band, my favorite song. When I was listening to the album and I was trying to think 
like, hmm, what is my favorite song? And as soon as I heard Hit Me, I was like, it's Fiendin'. Because <laughs> <laughs> sometimes you just need that tiny little note to be like, yeah, that's my shit. <laughs> I didn't even have to listen to the whole song. And then on the show, the after party, the hotel, kind of the same thing as Stay versus Come and Talk to Me. I was tossing between Freaking You and Love You for Life because they're like polar opposites. They are. You got like this pretty ballad and then Freaking You. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know either. I feel like, I don't know, Freaking You. All right. Yeah, sure. Me, you, Biggie, and Lil C's <laughs> are all choosing Freaking You. Yep. So of the three albums, which one is your favorite? I think I'm going to go with Forever My Lady. Okay. I think that's the one I listen to the most in terms of the full album or at least most of it. I think with the other two, I tend to skip around a little bit more. Okay. I'm going with the show, the after party in the hotel. Shocker. Because I like how it sounds in the car. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> that is <laughs> what I'm going with. All right. When I was riding around in my ashy 89 Toyota Corolla <laughs> back in 96 with the 15s in the trunk. Sounded amazing. <laughs> Every freaking night. Every freaking day. Yep. <laughs> All right. I think this is a good spot to take another break. Okay. And we'll be right back. Are you enjoying this podcast? Hell yeah. <laughs> You're enjoying it as much as he is. There's a couple things you could do. You can feel free to drop some coins into our collection plate at coffee.com slash toy podcast. And that's coffee, K-O-F-I.com. Link is also in the show notes. We're self-funded, so any support would be appreciated. And if you don't have any extra coins to spare, just leave us a five-star rating or review. Like J-Lo's love, it won't cost you a thing. You're just sitting at home on the couch anyhow. <laughs> All right, thanks. Back to the show. Okay, we are back, and we are going to talk about their last album. It was 20 years in the making, called The Past, The Present, and The Future kind of like the show the after party the hotel right. but different and that was what 2015 2015 it came out so their most recent album is still seven years old <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah i um of course being the super fan that i am was very excited for this same it was okay but you know i'm still glad that they were able to put it out it did give me every moment which reminds me of love you for life so i was like yeah i can see that this is the joe to see i've been waiting for <laughs> <laughs> But they were gone a long time. Yeah. And music had changed. <laughs> yeah. So not only had music changed, but they had changed. So right. they're not going to be doing the same things that they were before. Exactly. And Casey and Jojo were off doing their own thing. And Dalvin's been doing his thing. And who knows what Devante has <laughs> been doing. He's yeah. like Batman. He just disappears and yeah. shows up when you put the light in the sky. Exactly. Like, oh, we going on tour? I'm there. You know, it was more of like, I'm glad y'all still here. And that, thing. that's why I wanted to summarize the first three and then this one separately. Because yeah. I don't really count this as part of the <laughs> the Jodeci lineage I because guess. it's just kind of there yeah I see what you're saying it's not something that I go back to I don't think I've actually listened to it before this week since it came out I listened to it the first day it came out and then I listened to it a couple times this week I listen to every moment a lot yeah there's another song called incredible I like it because of the sample okay now I can't think of the sample off top of my head <laughs> yeah I'm sure they're not performing these songs on the tour they might perform every moment i think it's not in my rotation so i'm yeah. not gonna say too much about it so how about we backtrack a yeah. little bit and talk about their impact on hip-hop and r&b during the first three album run it was major because like i said earlier you had gerald lavert dressing in leather suits and, <laughs> and timberlands 
Right. Like they influence everybody other than like Michael Jackson and boys to men. Yeah. And I think because they were kind of like Diddy's first artists, you see what he did with his bad boy artists. Yeah. He molded everybody after Jodeci. Or like some, some iteration, even the girls, like look at Total. Yeah, all of them. Total was (laughs) Jodeci, but three women. They had the same sound, the same look. (laughs) Yeah. If you were doing R&B after 1991, you have been influenced somehow by Jodeci. Even if you're not doing like the music, Mm -hmm. like I said, the way people were dressing was because of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was hip hop influenced, but you got people wearing leather suits. Right. And tattoos and yeah. just things that you didn't normally like R and B was supposed to be softer yeah. than rap. And like I said, even with the women, you had women who were making music that sounded like Jodeci. So they influenced everybody. And if people say that they didn't, they're lying. Well, I've said this before. And I mean, even Devante said this himself. So in that Vibe article, I keep referencing the interviewer had asked him what he thinks about all these other male groups that have popped up. And he said, Silk, Shy, UNV, Devante chuckles. Put that in there that I laughed. They're just jokes. There are only two powers, us and boys to men. Anybody that comes after us has to be classified as like one or the other. (laughs) He's not wrong. I mean, we've said there's a few outliers, like Mint Condition. Yeah, because they weren't doing that type of music. They came out either just before or like just at the same time, so they couldn't have been influenced by something that hadn't come out yet. And they were a full band instead of Diary of a Mad Band. Right. So there's a couple outliers, but I, I mean, I've always said this. And now that I've seen that Devante has said it, I stand even more behind that statement. <laughs> you can add anybody who was out in the 90s and early 2000s, Tyrese, Aaliyah, Genuine, mm-hmm. Keith Sweat, Usher, the nigga who shall not be named. <laughs> anybody who was running around wearing black hoodies, boots, leather, they got it from Joe to see. Mm-hmm. So remember when I wanted to specifically say that they won the R&B Arts Billboard Music Awards. And the reason for that is I was actually really shocked. So the Hot 100, which is the ones that is like just for the singles, they have zero number one hits and one top 10 hit. Can you guess? Cry for You. Lately. That's right. Right. That is right. Because I mentioned that when we did the covers. Mm-hmm. I forgot that that was their only quote unquote hit record. Right. As much as they felt very not pop, not mainstream, they were very well known at the same time. They were. So I was actually really shocked that their Billboard Hot 100 looks like this. And I'm just talking about singles as usual. But once you go to the R&B charts, they have 13 songs. 10 of them were top 10 hits and five of them were number one hits. But I was actually just really surprised about that. I'm not. Only because the quote unquote commercial success was for Casey and JoJo. When they broke off and started doing their own thing as a duo, what I like to call gluten-free Jodeci, (laughs) is when they started making the quote unquote (laughs) hits. Right. Because as we've mentioned before, it kind of lined up with just black culture in general becoming more popular. Right. So they're getting movie soundtrack placements. They're doing covers. So they were in the right place at the right time. And they're still riding the Jodeci wave as well. Yeah, And I guess a lot of 
Jodeci fans have also grown up now yeah. too and are ready for the the wedding friendly Jodeci version which is Casey and Jojo <laughs> right because it's not like all of a sudden they went pop or something like they still had the sounds that we've talked about but a lot of it was really pop heavy though. yes much more polished more suits now you're wearing actual suits and yeah. not leather suits if you're on the save the last <laughs> dance soundtrack what song was on the save the last dance crazy oh I didn't like that one so that's why they're being known in these other spaces right. as well. Now they could go on Oprah. Yeah, they, they can go on Oprah now. Instead of going back to Arsenio every time an <laughs> album comes out. Exactly. I did like their first album because I do really like when they do sort of the, the old R&B sound like they did the LTD cover for Love Ballad. Yeah. I really like that. But I didn't listen to much of the stuff after that. I only really know the first two. Mm -hmm. And again, it's just because of the singles being so big. Yeah. And always being on MTV and BET for three days now. I've had, what's the song, Last Night's Letter stuck in my <laughs> head. I guess maybe to me, Jodeci has always been so big. But at the same time, it's almost one of those like known unknowns. <laughs> right. Where it's not like... They were a niche group, but at the same time, if you don't know them, you don't know them. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> well, just like I was saying, mm -hmm. they broke up just as things started to True. blow up. So Casey and JoJo rode that wave, whereas right. Jodeci kind of gets forgotten about. That's true. Even though they helped everybody who did blow up after that, yeah. was influenced by them. They missed out on it. Drew Hill got what Jodeci was supposed to I get. I was just about to say, which is probably why when we saw the question posed on Twitter about Drew Hill would wash Jodeci, and I was so affronted by that. Because I'm like, how are you going to wash like the group that made you? <laughs> like, how yeah. is that possible? But then I was, I remember just reading all these comments with my jaw open, like, y'all really just love Drew Hill over Jodeci this much? Because that's what people were getting exposed to. And I was like, but Drew Hill is Jodeci light. They are, but <laughs> when you're on TRL and Casey and JoJo is on TRL and not Dalvin and Devante, yeah. that makes a difference. There's a reason that Casey and JoJo are on the Save the Last Dance right. soundtrack. I just chalked it up to me being old. Well, it's that too. <laughs> you trying to get me back from last time? Yep. Hush. <laughs> okay, so I think this is a good place to kind of put a bow on this. Stick a pin in it. What are your thoughts on Jodeci's place in history, on their legacy? What does that mean to you? Well, as we pretty much just said, it's hard to imagine at least what male R&B groups would have been like if their choice was only boys to men to follow after. Can you imagine Chris Brown jumping around <laughs> with bow ties and suspenders on? Yeah. Because I don't know if New Edition's legacy would have lasted long enough for some of the groups. It wouldn't because that's that too after. far. That's too far in the past. And mm -hmm. Jodeci was that bridge that was needed to get to this younger generation. Right. And the fact that Freaking You ended up as the closing credits for this anime called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> Which is hilarious. So season four for anyone who wants to look this up. And I, I read that it's even called Jojo's Bizarre Adventure because the creator is a Jodeci fan. <laughs> yeah, I read something similar. Mm -hmm. And the reason that the song was used is one, that like you said, the creator is a fan. Mm -hmm. Two, Freaking You and this anime both started in 1995. Oh. 
And for every season, they use a song from that era that the seasons are about. Okay. So there's one that I believe the Bangles is the closing theme song. Mm -hmm. But for this season, it was (laughs) Freaking You. Because I remember I was watching the video and I'm seeing all these comments about anime and stuff. I'm like, what? And me (laughs) and my fellow old heads are like, I don't know what these kids are talking about. (laughs) And I saw someone say, thanks to Jojo. A Gen Z 13-year-old has experienced actually good music. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So I'm going to say if you have 13-year-olds from Gen Z who may or may not even listen to this type of music, hear this song in an anime that has nothing to do with Jodeci type things and be like, I love this song. (laughs) That says something. It does. (laughs) So somebody's getting it. Yeah. Got anything else you wanted to add before we wrap this all up? Um, um, not really. I think I've said a lot already. <laughs> you have. If it isn't clear, they're my favorite male R&B group. They certainly are. I will have them number two on the list behind New Edition. New Edition. All right. Because you're old. No. No. Just for. <laughs> there was more of them and they danced. They, they danced in, in the Gotta Love video. Yeah, they were but dancing they, their hearts out. They shut that dancing down real quick. <laughs> All right. So on that note, we can wrap it up here. Okay. We have been going on and on and on. Yeah, this one will probably be a little longer than... It is. It's going to be longer than usual, but hey. Then let's just go. Bye. Yes. Bye.